All right, welcome to the third episode of the So Weird Podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Kathy. And I am Zach. And today we will be talking about Memory, which is the third episode of the first season. And everybody, before we went on air, was just talking about how they don't really like this episode that much, which is odd, because I actually think this is the first really good episode of the series. So that will hopefully lead to some lively debate, perhaps, maybe. It's definitely the first really weird episode of the series. Like, the the title of the show applies here, I feel like. <laughs> with this yeah, one. I guess for me, um, it was really slow. But I like aspects of the episodes, like the aliens and trying to piece together what's going on. But all in all, I think I preferred the first two episodes. Well, this is the first episode uh, that has a town with a secret, and there would be many other odd towns that the Phillips tour bus would roll through throughout the course of the series. Yeah, I think this show did a good job of showing that the town was a little off, you know, like the characterization of everyone you meet. Something's a little strange about them, like the uh, hotel... Uh, the guy at the hotel with a bug crawling all over him. Yeah, he's just playing with that roach. <laughs> yeah, and you hear his dog, but you never actually see it. In fact, there's, later in the episode, there's a cat, and you never actually see it either. They couldn't afford actual animals in the budget. They just played the sound effects from off screen. Couldn't help but notice that. But yeah, the premise of this episode is the uh, Phillips Band is t- a book to play at a venue in Tulsa, and the bus um, either... Well, for some reason, I, Irene has booked them to stay in the small town outside of Tulsa called Stevenson. And every at the start of the episode, everybody's very warm. It's a very hot summer day, and the air conditioner and the tour bus is busted. And when the family gets to the hotel, the air conditioning there is also malfunctioning. In fact, even the town pool is acting oddly. There's a strange object floating in the town pool. And as the longer they stay in the town, Fiona notices that a lot of people have lapsing memory. And as the story goes on, she realizes that everybody has lost their memory because the residents of the town have had a fourth in, uh, uh, how's it go? an encounter of the fourth kind. They actually have had physical contact with extraterrestrials, which is why this episode is called Memory, because everybody is losing theirs. And um, we start off the episode with Fee doing a monologue about memories. Um, she talks about some cognitive science, and they show... It's a very cute scene with her, Jack, and... Molly and they're watching uh, home family videos and we see Baby Fee, Baby Jack and I think they show Rick. Yeah, another shout out to Fee's dead dad. That's sort of the framework of this episode. Yeah, I think that's a a really nice moment though seeing them watching the home videos on the bus. Mm -hmm. Um, And the opening doesn't really hint that there are going to be aliens involved in this episode. Very little of the episode does, and that's one of the things I like about it. It's sort of a last-minute reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I realized on this rewatch, is that I don't think they even say the word aliens until maybe the end? I, I can't even remember them saying the word once. Well, I just watched this uh, literally like 15 minutes ago, and I don't remember them actually ever using the word aliens either, no. I know she mentions... Uh, the ship coming from another planet or something, but the word alien I don't think is ever mentioned. And earlier I mentioned how this is the first of many weird towns they would enter, and you, Emily was talking about how the residents are acting odd, but one of the things I like about this episode is it's not the typical town with a dark secret type story where the residents of the town are actively 
uh, mean-spirited towards outsiders. Everybody's just acting weird because nobody can remember what happened. In fact, Irene is even a little rude to Fee in an earlier scene. Yeah, she uh, just doesn't want to talk about it. And I think maybe the only character that seems a little, I don't know, rude towards Fee uh, is Cole's mom. But I think she's just protective of her son, you know? What does everybody think of the acting of the guy playing of Cole, that kid? His uh, accent. I think, I think it's fine. <laughs> still kid, maybe? Yeah. He's got an old soul <laughs> for someone so young. There's some good Jack-Fiona banter in this episode. That's another thing I like about it. There's that one conversation they have where um, Fee says, it's high noon for Fee's theory of weird stuff or something like that. And um, Fee's like, no, it's just the heat. And she says, why do you insist on trying to find a pool? And Jack's like, because it's hot out. And she's like, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like Jack, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I still don't quite understand what she was saying there. <laughs> I, mean, well, I think she was saying it's just her natural inclination to search out weird stuff. <laughs> okay, that, that makes sense. And uh, we get a little, more, a little bit more clue antics in this one. He is still functioning as the series comic relief at this point. Yeah, but there's a really nice moment um, with Fee and Clue. I don't remember where they're walking to, but Clue seems genuinely concerned about what's going on and what's happened to his parents, and Fee comforts him. I really like that moment. Yeah, that's a good uh, moment, too. But yeah, he still the... has his one-liners. <laughs> yeah, he's always a very goofy character. Mm-hmm. Now, another moment I like about this episode is the scenes when anybody tries to remember what's happened in the preceding day. There's always this odd flashback. There's some weird sound effects. There's sort of an off yellow sepia tone. And it's genuinely not really creepy so much as it is just slightly off-putting in a mm-hmm. sort of surreal way. And I like that, and I think that adds to this episode's interesting tone. This isn't... It has a different atmosphere than the pre- previous two episodes, it feels a little more, I don't know if melancholy is the right word, but just slightly off in an odd way, which I think is suitable for the premise. Yeah, I really like those scenes um, that re- they recorded with the town, obvi- obviously seeing something and them going kind of berserk, running, trying to run away from whatever happened. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're, you're seeing a dream. In a way. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. What do we feel about the uh, special effects they use to bring the aliens to life near the end of the episode? I like that they're in shadow. Uh, because judging on this picture we found, um, actually there was an extra in this episode who posted a picture on Twitter of themselves in costume as the alien. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's on the forum. If you go to the you know, season one board on the forum and go to memory, I posted a screenshot of that tweet because it's since been deleted and you can actually see them in costume. And they're, yeah, not high-budget costumes, let's put it that way. Well, from what we see in the episode, it basically appears to be a gray body stocking and a cheap Halloween mask. Am I correct in that? I'd uh, say so, yeah. Yeah, uh, the... The extra actually messaged, well, he uh, DM'd the So Weird Twitter with the same picture, and he's like, 
why did I have to wear the skin-tight alien costume and stand in the cold, and I didn't see myself? <laughs> <laughs> well, despite the fact that the costume is obviously a pretty cheap bit of special effects, I actually like the way they're always kept in shadow, because it does add to sort of the odd, dreamlike tone, and it keeps things mysterious, you know, we don't see the aliens up close. Yeah, I liked how they were portrayed. Now, um, something else I noticed about this photo, I couldn't help but notice this, are uh, signifiers that this was made in the late 90s, early 2000s. First off, the Macarena gets mentioned by name. <laughs> I and, love that line. And secondly, Fiona's haircut. I don't know what you call that style of... Uh, pigtail buns is what I call it, and I think she buns. rocks it. Yeah, I no, love it. it. It looks adorable on her, but that was very much a fashion of the time, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, and when I was, you know, first remembering the show after years of not watching it, I thought she had these pigtail buns in, like, every episode. So when I rewatched it and realized she only had them in a few episodes, I was a little disappointed because it's like a <laughs> signature look in my mind. She looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, she, she, had, some, she had some cool 90s hairstyles going on during the show. Yep. I think she wears butterfly clips a lot, too. Probably more than the buttons. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, those are, that's, that's two things that definitely uh, stick out to me. Um, now, there's another thing. This is the first episode, I think, where we hear Molly sing one of her songs. Am I, in, am I correct in that? Well, in the uh, second episode website, she performs a little bit of In the Darkness, but okay. not very well, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is the first time we hear More Like a River, which is kind of funny because I don't think we hear that song again until Upa. Is that correct? That's the first time we hear it in its entirety, I believe. Yeah, but they already had this song prepared in the third episode, which I think is really interesting. I don't know yeah. if they were planning to use it for something else or they just already had it in their heads and decided to throw it in. I well, think, I think she, uh, we hear it again in Angel, which is a couple episodes after. Yeah, where she's with the dad, and I think she's playing. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, good call. Well, we don't actually hear any of the lyrics, just the melody, so it's possible they hadn't had written the lyrics yet. They just had the melody and put that aside because they knew they were going to use it at some point. Actually, we do hear some of the lyrics at the very end. Um, okay, well, I guess I missed that. Yeah, it's actually... <laughs> It's a little awkward that they chose this song because it plays over the scene of Jack and Fee at the end, and they're ha they've had this sibling moment, right? And then it's a really nice scene because, I mean, we can get into it, but basically they jump into the pool together, and, you know, they've kind of gotten over what, you know, the argument they've been having, and then the lyrics start to play, and it's just not appropriate for sibling bonding. Yeah, yeah, it's a very sad song. I, I thought that was awkward, too. I mean, it's yeah. a song about, I think, Rick and moving on. I mean, that's a really nice moment, actually, but the music is just, eh, I would have gone for something else. Yeah, this episode has what uh, people in the industry call the everybody laughs ending, where the episode ends on everybody in a moment of joyous celebration, and then we get a freeze frame, and we go to credits. Freeze frame. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a little cheesy, but I don't know. I, I, I'm fond of it. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. But uh, I, I do like how uh, the characters, how... Um, Irene and Dave, or Dave is the actor, how they come to remember what's happening, and they seem 
a little confused, and that's one of the things I like this episode, is something strange has happened to these characters, and it feels strange, because even by the end, they're not entirely sure what happened. There are still some missing pieces there, and it leads to this mysterious feeling, which the episode, or I mean the series, would return to throughout its run, which I always thought was a good touch. Yeah, I I like that too, um, and I like that... Jack and Fee approach what's going on in different ways. So Jack wants to go out and clean the pool, right? And then Fee, she wants to get she wants to get answers to to make the situation better. That's one of the things I appreciate about this episode. And I like that I guess as a viewer, you aren't meant to side with either Jack or Fee throughout their arguing. Um, there's that scene where Jack is cleaning out the pool. And he's saying that, Jack, it's not just the heat. You know, people are getting sick when they try to figure out what's going on. And Jack says, no, people are trying to get sick when you try to piece together what's going on. And that's a thing the series does well overall. It never paints Jack as the bad guy or a jerk, at least not too often. That's usually pretty fair in the way it treats both characters. I mean, I can really see where he's coming from in that scene. I do think Fee pushes a little too hard at points in this episode because it's clear they've been through, like, they've all been through something traumatic. And when she kind of pushes for answers, it just kind of makes things worse for them. So I'm glad that Jack presents another, you know, side of things. Another thing I really like about this episode is the end after they've realized that something strange has happened and there are possibly aliens involved. They just miss the spacecraft taking off, apparently. And I love how genuinely disappointed Fiona is by this. <laughs> yeah, so they, Irene and Ned and Cole start uh, getting some memories back. And they remember some voices saying, move along, there's nothing to see here. But then Irene says that she doesn't recall any voices. Yeah, that's a good so part, too. They start admitting that, you know, something really, really odd happened. And I like how they they go along with Fee to wherever she ran off. And then, yeah, they, <laughs> the UFO just left. And then there's just like, well, I guess it was my mind. But I love that Fiona has this attitude of, oh, man, just missed him. Oh, yeah. so close. <laughs> Which is a really cute, funny moment from her. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't really tell the others what she's seen either, which I think is interesting. You know, she doesn't come out and say, guys, there was a UFO up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> now, something else I noticed. Uh, what about that pool? That pool water is super grody when they first get there. Yeah, then they go to another pool, and it's the same. It's just really gross. And um, Jack starts cleaning it, and he finds something. Uh, we don't know what it is until the end when Jack says that it's a piece of the clock tower. Which is kind of an odd reveal because I don't think they set up that clock tower at all in the earlier parts of the episode. Yeah, I don't even know if you see it ever. Sort of a last minute uh, inclusion there. Did you all figure out what the goop was when you watched this episode? Did uh, you have they, any ideas? They said that the the thing must have gone in the pool and melted everything. That's, I think, what Clue said. Okay. Because in the FAQ, uh, John Cooksey, mm -hmm. you know, one of the executive producers for the show, said it was actually fuel from the ship. Okay. Oh. I, yeah, I had remembered that, and I was waiting for them to say that, but they never did, so I figured it was in the FAQ. Oh, that's yeah. what we call Tier 2 canon. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just something you're supposed to put together yourself, I guess. But I never would have. I'm well, just yeah, not it that makes smart. sense that obviously whatever the clock tower is made from, probably some sort of concrete or steel or something, when it gets molten hot, it's going to leave some odd residue in the pool. But they don't really explain in the episode why both pools are contaminated. I guess the debris just fell that far, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but you just have to go with it. Um, in the FAQ, do they talk about why the aliens, like why we see them in this episode first? Well, all that it says, so this this episode, for anyone who doesn't know, is the first in an abandoned alien plot arc. And we find out what the full plan was in the FAQ, which we don't have to talk about, you know, fully tonight. But anyway, so the first thing that it says is that we would have, I guess, in season three, the, the original version for season three, because it didn't go as planned, if you didn't know. <laughs> we would have discovered that the aliens who crash-landed in this episode were actually trying to contact V, but because they were seen, they had to erase the town's memory and leave. So, they were there to contact V, apparently. I guess they just got there early. So, well, my guess is... Maybe they were following the tour bus, and they hit that clock tower, and the whole town saw. So, yeah, then they had to erase everyone's memories. A lot of unanswered questions there. Now, just for the record, I, you know, obviously there's a lot of things about the unmade third season I would have loved to have seen, but I always felt like the alien story arc was maybe kind of a, if you'll excuse my language here, an ass pool. What is that? I've never heard that expression in my life. Yeah, well, you know, the writers just kind of pull it out of nowhere. Is sort of what <laughs> And because in this first episode, I don't think there's any indication of the later things they would hint at. Obviously, in the towards the end of season two, they point more towards uh, this idea that the aliens have some sort of connection with Fiona or have plans for her. But I don't think that was uh, planned out this far in advance. I think the thought process was... Like, well, this is a show about par paranormal stuff. we got to do an Aliens episode sooner rather than later. I, I kind of agree with you, at least in terms of this episode. Uh, to me, it always just felt like a coincidence. I never got the sense that they were, you know, trying to make contact with her this early on. But I'm just, in general, I'm not a big fan of the Chosen One story arc, so the idea that these aliens had picked Fiona for some greater purpose is just a story arc I don't really, don't really like that much, but... It, and it doesn't matter anyway because that version of season three didn't get made. So, <laughs> well, you're you're talking to a Harry Potter fan here, so uh, we'll just have to disagree <laughs> on the the chosen one arc deal. <laughs> well, I have nothing against it in Harry Potter. It's just after Harry Potter was this huge pop culture phenomenon, then every like young adult series was about a chosen one. I I understand what you mean, but I think the whole thing about this her being the chosen one, I thought it had something to do with her genetic makeup or something. So there was kind of an explanation, but it was, yeah, obviously she still was just chosen in a way. It involved her um, and another alien that was similar to her where the alien lost a father too to like evil forces, and right. this was ha happening in a lot of planets. I right, believe. she had this this link with uh, an alien on the other side of the galaxy that was going through a similar situation as her. Yeah, I think when I found out about this, I was pretty pleased to know that they they actually did have a plan because watching the episodes, I was just so lost. And when 
nothing came of it, I was incredibly disappointed. But um, I understand why you may not like it. But I was just glad that they had some idea in mind. Well, yeah, clearly it was going somewhere towards the end of season two. But that's we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, aren't we? <laughs> so, so pre-show, you both of you said that neither of you are that big of a fan of this episode. So, do you want to expound on that some? Um, for me, I think, like I said earlier, it was just slow and just waiting throughout the episode to see what exactly is going on with everyone. And it was kind of in the last five minutes or so when we the action kind of starts. But um, that's the only reason, because I always do like the... I do like the alien episodes whenever um, they get brought up. And I liked seeing Irene and Ned uh, more focused than Molly. Yeah, Molly doesn't have a lot to do in this one. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really notice that. Yeah, she buys um, them lemonade and bickers with the little kids in their lemonade stand. Oh, yeah, and that's she, a good moment. She buys them pe uh, peanuts also. I think the peanuts were free, which is funny because they're obviously really salty, so I guess they weren't going to be able to sell them anyway in that heat. Yeah. <laughs> but the lemonade was $5. That's ridiculous. Even $5 in the a cent. <laughs> yeah, if she buys one, everyone only can take one sip. <laughs> mm -hmm. I guess I feel like I've learned to like this episode more now that I know that they, there was, you know, kind of a purpose to it. But when I was younger, I didn't really understand the episode because it's kind of like you almost had to put the pieces together yourself, which some people would like. But for me, it was just a little, it was too confusing. Yeah, I, think I, I like it now because I know everything that's going on and what's going to happen. But if I try to put myself in like a first-time viewer, yeah, it would be just boring. But I do appreciate how weird this episode is because, like I said, the first two episodes, eh, they don't really hit the mark in terms of weirdness. This one, yeah, it's definitely strange. Yeah, and, um, you know, the name of the show is so weird, so it is appropriate that it does get kind of weird sometimes. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> so, one thing we hadn't really talked about was that, you know, obviously something strange has happened. Uh, where are the policemen? <laughs> where are the police in any of these episodes? <laughs> it's funny, because they actually, I think Cole compares the aliens to policemen, but... They don't really. No one's asking. So where are the actual policemen? Like, well, why aren't they doing? Their their memories got erased. So, well, yeah, yeah, they why to, when they try to think about it, it hurts. So I just think they're not going to think about it. But it wasn't until you know fees questioning. But how come there isn't like a sanitation company cleaning out the pool or something? Because it's one of those towns that. The pools are like that everywhere. <laughs> well, the power is out, right? So unless you had a cell phone, you couldn't call. Well, there's actually, they reference somebody on the bus had a cell phone. That's actually the reason why Ned and Irene stop in the town, apparently, so they can use the phone. Mm -hmm. Because the only cell phone in the Phillips family is on the tour bus, apparently. Yeah. Which I didn't pick up on that until this last rewatch. There's just, I don't know. For some reason, this episode just confuses me, or it, use, it, it has in the past. <laughs> so, something to think about is, if Ned had gone ahead of the tour bus, who was driving the bus? Was it Molly? Uh, I, I guess we... Molly could have driven the bus. I guess there's no reason she couldn't have. We do see her drive it, um, sometimes. I think in Werewolf, doesn't she drive it? One I'm of so those. used to seeing Ned is behind it? the steering wheel that I never have thought about anybody else doing it. I... <laughs> 
No, yeah, there, there's some... I think at least two episodes where Molly's just driving it. Don't you have, a, have to have a special license to drive a tour bus? I believe so. I believe you need a uh, special class of license to drive any sort of large vehicle like that. <clears throat> oh, Molly has hers. <laughs> <laughs> really ro- worried about the character's paperwork, apparently. It's a little bit of a on here. Just going back about the t- town and it being odd, um, Clue says this one line where he was looking for more animals since he heard that dog um, in the little hotel lobby and that he couldn't find any animals. But then I thought that was weird because we, yeah, we hear the dog, but the clerk's like, the dog's hiding. But I thought that line was odd too because he just said it and they didn't follow up on it. And then we see the cat, but we don't, well, we hear the cat, we don't see it. So I'm, I'm wondering if there's more to that since Clue mentioned there being no animals. Well, doesn't the woman say the cat is hiding underneath of the porch? So it's as if all yeah. the animals in the town are hiding from something. Maybe that's just how the animals are responding to having their memories tinkered with. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe they saw something more extreme since they're animals and they're just scared. Yeah, I guess that is true. There are definitely some, I wouldn't necessarily call them plot holes, but sort of some logic gaps in this one. Or they just cut out stuff, so... That's possible, too. But, uh, you know, overall, I do think this one's a pretty good episode. Though, weirdly, looking at my original review here, I gave this one a 5, so I guess I wasn't too crazy about it initially, either. That's odd. Huh, did you say any reason why? I Well, in my review, I say that the payoff of the alien seems to be very rushed, and sort of it sort of is thrown in there at the end of the episode. Yeah. That seems to be my main problem with the episode. Oh, well. Opinions vary. You know, obviously, I, you know, early I was saying how my opinion on the show will probably change as I rewatch certain episodes, and I guess that's already proving to be true. Yeah, I guess I appreciate more on rewatch that the aliens aren't really hinted at until pretty far along in the episode now. So I guess I would have an opposite opinion of your previous review. <laughs> review. Well, you know, maybe next time I watch the show, I won't like this one as much as I did this time. So. <laughs> yeah. I like it when I'm, like, binge-watching, <laughs> when I can just watch another one. And I'm like, yeah, that was good. Now let me just watch another more exciting one. Well, you know, see, just the thing with me is I, first off, dislike the term binge-watching because we already had the term marathon, and it was perfectly fine. And <laughs> secondly... I dislike watching a lot of shows close together like that because I think I, the shows tend to blend into each other and you sort of lose the bead on the individual episodes and stories. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree, um, especially when, when it's a new show that you haven't seen before. Binge-watching, yeah, you won't remember specific episodes or think, like, why this episode was bad. It's just one long story, especially for dramas. Yeah, um, when it's a serialized show, that's less of a problem because all the episodes lead into each other. But when it's an episodic series like So Weird, I don't think marathoning a bunch of episodes back-to-back really does the individual episodes a service. But that's just me. Yeah. I've seen them so much, though, so yeah, every episode is pretty distinct. All right, do we have any other... Anybody else have anything else they want to say about this one? Uh, well, uh, I guess we could talk about John Wiseman. Since he came to Kathy's oh, yeah. stream once. Um, this was one of the four episodes, I believe, that he wrote. Um, he did come to the stream, and I was rereading what he said, but he actually didn't say much about this one. He just said that it was really cold, 
it was all good acting because they the actors really make it feel like it's hot. Yeah, I wonder how they did the shot of the egg cracking <laughs> and and uh, you know frying and sizzling up. Well, one presumes that they had heated up the surface the egg was going to drop on before doing that. Yeah, they'd have to get it pretty hot. Or maybe it was a fake egg. Maybe it was some sort of weird chemical foaming thing. So is uh, John Wiseman, is he the writer of this episode? or? Yeah, yeah, he's one of the writers. Um, I don't know if he had a co-writer. I think he was the sole writer for this particular episode. The other ones he does is Strange Geometry... Singularity. Uh, yeah, Singularity. Second Generation. Yeah, and then he like co-wrote James Gar, or he yeah. kind of did rewrites for the James Gar episode, I think. So. Yeah, all those. He wrote some good episodes. He he has a lot of fond memories of this show, or, or being involved with it. I think he really liked it. Yeah, another thing he said um, d- doesn't involve... Well, it's not about the episode, but he said that he re- really likes working with John Cooksey because he's really good at listening to ideas and pitching back and forth, saying what's good, what's not. It was really nice to have him on the stream. I'd, it'd be cool to you know get other writers to show up at some point, just to hear their thoughts on it, too. Oh, yeah, and he did mention that he met his wife at a So Weird screening, I believe. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if that was in California or Canada, but yeah, they did a, a screening of the first episode, or one of the episodes he wrote, and he brought his then-girlfriend to it. And now they're together still. <laughs> Well, that's really cool that the writers have reached out to you guys. Him and John Cooksey are really the main ones. Although, actually, the writer for the Vampire episode commented on a video on YouTube and talked a little bit about it, too, which was funny. Um, Does anybody remember the name of the people who actually created the series? Has anybody ever heard from them? Uh, Tom J. Astle? I think he was the creator, but I haven't heard from him. Who? Oh, I'm forgetting. Oh, Henry Winkler. I don't know if he was a creator, but I know he had a big part in. Yeah, he produced the show. I know that. Um, and I think I re- vaguely seem to remember finding a um, either an interview or it was a video clip of him talking about the show and how he was producing this show for kids and he wanted it to be good. I seem to, I might have completely imagined this, but I seem to remember something along the lines like that. Yeah, it was a video on YouTube that's um, very, very low quality. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's talking about his idea and it coming to life. Okay, yeah, so I, I didn't imagine that. That did actually no. happen. Okay. I, I think there's a link for it up on the forum too. We have a whole thread of old commercials. So... Check that out. Okay, cool. All right, does anybody else have any more thoughts on this one? Any, perhaps, memories of this episode? Mm. That was a punch. No. <laughs> fuzzy. It's a little bit fuzzy. <laughs> oh, so you know how we do the the weird topic of the episode? Yeah, the mystery of the week. Yeah, mystery of the week. <laughs> Would it just be lost memories due well, to alien contact? Yeah, I think, like, aliens would be the short answer to that question. But because since the episode is sort of leading up to the reveal of the aliens, I guess perhaps, you know, um, missing time would actually be what they call that phenomenon in the paranormal circles. 
Okay, so I guess that concludes episode three of the So Weird podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Kathy. I'm Zach. Uh, do you want to talk about where people can go to, like, the forum address? Sure. Um, so the forum that we keep mentioning is, well, the address is so-weird.proboards.com. There's a bunch, bunch of content on there. I always find the form just by Googling so weird form, and that usually brings it right up. Yeah, I'll have links also in any description boxes to almost everything that we have. I'll admit I don't post on the forum ever, but I lurk pretty frequently. It's, the, you know, it's usually I lurk now to see if the new episode has been posted yet. It's usually why I lurk on the forum no. these days. <laughs> and you are, uh, Kathy, you are Clarabelle, I believe, on the forum, something like that? Yeah, I'm Clarabelle. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what's your... Uh, Handle Emily. A rocker baby. Okay, yeah, okay. I scored I that thought. one. The prize username. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just uh, with the forums. I'm always surprised because we do have a lot of content from members that have joined. Either they'll start a discussion or they'll bring something that they have, which is always really great. All right, so if anybody is listening to this and they haven't seen the forum already, definitely give it a look because if you're a fan of the show, there's lots of things to discuss and look at over there. Mm-hmm. Tons. And new stuff is getting uh, discovered every week. I found a few old articles just last week about the show that had some interesting tidbits in it. Has anybody tried to look up the old Zoo Disney website on the Internet Archives? Because if they haven't, I bet there, there might be some stuff you can find that way. You never know yeah, what's survived. Um, some people have, and they just have a screenshot of how it looked. I think I posted a screenshot on the Twitter, on the So Weird Twitter recently. Oh, there's been screenshots of um, chats that Zoo Disney used to have with the actors. I saw the um, chat they did with uh, Cara Delazia. Or, is it Cara or Cara? Am I saying that right? It's Cara. Cara yeah. Delazia. She okay. says it in one of those commercials. That's the only reason why I know. Okay, okay. Yeah, we have Cara's. Um, and recently, Emily found... And you found both of them, Jack and, not Jack, Patrick's and Eric's. Yeah, and I know Mackenzie Phillips did one too, um, but I haven't been able to find that anywhere, so. Okay, so I guess that concludes the episode then. Everybody stay tuned for the next one, I guess. Leave a comment also. We'd like to hear what you guys think of the podcast. Follow us, retweet us, reblog us, all that good stuff. Yeah, and if you have anything you'd like to say about the episode we were discussing today, Memory, we'd love to hear that, too. Definitely leave comments on the YouTube channel, or is the show on iTunes yet? It is. Okay, great. Definitely leave reviews and five-star ratings, if you so feel (laughs) like it, on iTunes. That would be really great. All right, thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. All right.